Brother Seacrest, you've been married for 50 years, you said? I turned 50 this summer. So the entire time I've been alive, you've been serving our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Glad to see that presentation, and I look forward to seeing the other ones, too. And I'm glad to be here because I've heard Dr. Fant, Marsh Fant here that I've worked with with GFA talk about this church in good ways over and over and over again. And I'm finally here, so I'm glad. Thank you for letting me come here this week. So I, my family serves as missionaries to Cambodia since 2000 in church planning ministry, but due to autoimmune issues that I faced uh, some years back, the Lord used that to redirect us towards regional director ministry with GFA. So our primary ministry now is uh, regional director for Asia, Australia, and the Pacific with, with Gospel Fellowship Association. And we do so from Cambodia. So we still serve in Cambodia and involved in ministry there. We're presently on furlough, which is why uh, I'm here, so... Praise the Lord for that. And as, long, as far as autoimmune issues go, I'm the best I've been doing for many years. And I'm very grateful for, for that reprieve. So praise the Lord for that. Thank you for your kindness and thoughtfulness. Um, as we've just been here just a few hours, we've already seen how many people are pitching in and all the details and all the different ways that you've been thinking about this. Thank you for your thoughtfulness and graciousness towards towards us too and uh, we want we, we really do we see that we missionaries see that and uh, that blesses us to know that you have that kind of thoughtfulness and kindness so thank you I have the blessing of speaking to you about Barnabas and the ministry of encouragement here today and Acts eleven twenty four says of Barnabas that he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith so God himself describes Barnabas as a man who lived by the strength and grace of the Holy Spirit. God describes Barnabas as a man who believed his word. And anyone that God publicly assesses this way is someone that we want to emulate. I want to be like Barnabas. And I hope by the end of this message you will want to be like Barnabas more, even more so as well. Most of what we know about Barnabas we find in the book of Acts, and there we see how powerfully God used this man, and his life and ministry is summed up for us by the name that he was given by the apostles. So you go to Acts chapter 4, and you read in Acts chapter 4 in verse 36, and Joseph, or Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, was a Levite of the country of Cyprus. So this man Joseph or Joseph was, Bar was Joseph or Joseph was Barnabas's legal name, but he became known as Barnabas, and that is a name that the apostles gave to him, which meant son of encouragement. So Barnabas was well known in his life and ministry among God's people as being an encourager, a strengthener of faith. 
And the apostles actually gave him this name. So that means he was encouraging to them as well. This man Barnabas. Barnabas was a Levite whose family had relocated to Cyprus sometime during Israel's turbulent history. He also had a well-connected family in Jerusalem. Had well-connected family in Jerusalem too because at least Mary, John Mark's mother, and maybe others were there. He himself was a well-off landowner, having land in Cyprus and maybe even in Jerusalem. So apparently he was in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, and he believed on Christ at that time, and he stayed there after receiving Christ. So when we read about Barnabas in Scripture, we learn from his example that we too can be used of God to encourage others for Christ as he did. We too can have and should have a ministry of encouragement. So what is that? That's what we're going to talk about. So as a regional director for GFA, the ministry of encouragement is a big part of my wife and I's job description. Regional director means member care. We've got 50 to 60 missionaries at given, any given time in our, in our region, and we're largely given to assisting them, helping them, encouraging them, supporting them, counseling them. Just this morning, I spent a couple hours on the phone with a missionary in our region uh, working through some things. We've had numerous Zoom calls this week and emails back and forth about different things and checking on people and finding out how they're doing and trying to encourage them. Um, this is what we seek to be. We seek to be a Barnabas, those that encourage. So in this message, I would like to answer this question. How did Barnabas's life encourage others? How was his life an example to us about the ministry of encouragement? So you come to Acts chapter 4, and I'm going to be going through the book of Acts in different passages. So you're welcome to follow along with me or just listen in as I quote these verses. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. Speaking about after Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was working mightily, it says, Acts 4.32, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who, who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet." Number one, Barnabas was an example of consecration or dedication. He was an example of consecration or dedication. He sold his land. Not only did Barnabas give a large offering to God to help with the needs of the church, but he also apparently sold his land and gave all the proceeds to the apostles. He gave away his financial security is what he did. This act of wholehearted generosity out of love for Christ encouraged others to be willing to give and sacrifice for the work of the Lord as well. That's why the Holy Spirit brings him out as an example in this passage. 
This was the first major way that Barnabas encouraged others. By his example, everything he had was God's. And when he felt like God wanted him to give it, he gave it, even at great sacrifice to himself in this case. So he was an example of what it means to be dedicated, to be consecrated to the Lord. He also gave up his rights to full-time support. Barnabas was the Apostle Paul's co-laborer to the Gentiles. And if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, you find out that he agreed with Paul to choose tent making instead of getting remuneration or being paid for his ministry. He and Paul did this so that as they preached Christ in that context where they were going, that no one would confuse their motives. So they agreed together to not receive remuneration. This meant financial difficulty and hardship and lots of time and energy spent supplying needs that he could have avoided. It was sacrificial. He was willing to do whatever God wanted him to do. So Barnabas willingly sacrificed for others for the ministry of the gospel. He made sacrifices that had long-term effects on his life. Barnabas shows us by his life the meaning of consecration. So Barnabas was an example of consecration and dedication, and through that he encouraged other people. I've known missionary friends that have left lucrative jobs here in the United States in order to be missionaries. Uh, One of those missionaries someone spoke to me about here this evening already. He was a medical doctor here in the States, and he was uh, on path to make really good money. And he gave that up and went to Cambodia as a missionary full time. There was another, uh, someone that we worked with, another missionary that we worked with. He was high up in a Japanese corporation, fast-tracked to major success. They loved him. He was making some some good money and was going to be on the inside of that corporation in not too long. And he felt like God was calling him to the ministry. And he ended up believing that and going in going to seminary and later coming to Cambodia as a missionary to work with us. So he turned away from what the world would never turn away from because God wanted him to. Has God been directing your heart to give something to him, to dedicate your life to him in a certain way? When we obey the Lord and step out in faith to do his will, even if it is sacrificial, Not only do we ourselves benefit from that decision in our own walk with the Lord, but we become an example, an encouraging example to others as well. And so the scriptures tell us this about Barnabas. Now we come to Acts chapter 9. And the apostle Paul had just had his vision and was spoken to by the Lord Jesus and had received the Lord, healed And now in Acts chapter 9, verse 26, it says, And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them, he, Paul, declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he, he, Jesus, had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out, and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. So speaking of Paul. 
So Saul comes to Christ and he goes to Jerusalem and he wants to join the disciples. And of course the Christians in Jerusalem did not want to believe that Saul had suddenly converted and was now wanting to follow Christ and not just follow Christ but openly preach Christ. It just was too hard to believe. And so the disciples in Jerusalem didn't want to, didn't want to take in Saul. Uh, they were too skeptical. But what happened? Barnabas, the son of encouragement, he takes Paul, uses his influence, and does everything he can to help the believers in Jerusalem to receive Paul, Saul, who later is known as Paul, so that he could join with the believers. And he was successful. And so Saul entered in among God's people, and we know the rest of the story, how greatly God used Saul, who became Paul. So number two, that's an illustration of how Barnabas was an example of faith and trust in others. Barnabas had heard Saul's testimony and observed his life and believed in him, even when no one else would. He was willing to take the risk of believing in Saul. Using his own influence, he brought Saul to the other apostles and urged them to believe Saul and accept him, which they did. And this faith and courage of Barnabas's was a huge encouragement to Saul first and then to all the church of Christ as they then witnessed God's saving grace upon Saul's life. What might have happened if Barnabas didn't take Saul by the hand and believe in him and bring him to the believers there in Jerusalem? He was an example of faith and trust in others. Have you ever found yourself cynical of the salvation testimonies of other people? Have you ever found it hard to embrace people who have come to Christ when they've come from horrible backgrounds? Or maybe you, have, you came to Christ with lots of baggage yourself and you look at other Christians who seem to have had life too easy and so you tend to be cynical of them and their testimony. We need to allow the love of Christ in us to overcome our inhibitions and cynicism and accept others giving them a chance. And Barnabas was an example of this kind of encouragement. In my life, someone who's been a key factor of encouragement to me is Mark Batori. Some of you might know Dr. Batori from GFA. Um, he has a great burden, a gift to come alongside of younger men and encourage them. And he's always looking for ways to help men grow by giving them opportunities to be responsible and take leadership. And when someone like that believes in you, places trust in you, it is a huge encouragement to grow. And Mark Batori was like that for me and still is. I still meet with him sometimes, usually over breakfast and lots of coffee. And he greatly encourages me. He is an example of faith and trust in others as Barnabas. Continuing this thought, Acts chapter 11. It says in verse 22, Then news of these things, of all these Gentiles coming to Christ, came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all with, that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. So Barnabas then, he's an example of faith and trust 
in how he received the Gentile believers. Reports were coming to Jerusalem of Gentiles in Cyprus and Cyrene coming to saving faith in Jesus Christ in Numbers. Barnabas was sent by the church in Jerusalem to go and see the work of the gospel among the Gentiles. There were many Jews that didn't want to believe that this was happening, that it was real, that it was good enough or just as good as the salvations happening there in Jerusalem among the Jews. Was God working among the Gentiles like Peter described? So Barnabas went and saw the grace of God at work there and was glad. He was not resentful that God's grace was equally available to the Gentiles. And even though these new believers did not come to Christ through his own ministry or that of his co-laborers, he was not cynical of their faith. And when he saw evidence of their new faith, he immediately rejoiced. And when we read Paul's letters, we see that the new churches were battling all kinds of sin issues and false teaching. And yet Barnabas encouraged and strengthened them. Barnabas was an example of faith and trust in others. Do you tend to disbelieve the faith of others simply because you don't know them? Do you find it hard to rejoice when you hear of God working in other places or churches? Is your first response when you hear somebody claim to be a Christian to want to rejoice or to be immediately cynical and not believe them? We've all been there, right? Have you allowed past experiences of failures in relationships to douse your hope and faith in what God is still doing in other people? We need to be like Barnabas when it comes to new believers with a lot of troubles and difficulties. We need to be like Barnabas with Christians that don't look like us, have a different social or economic status than us, or people that have different ethnic backgrounds. We need to be good believers, full of faith, sons of encouragement like Barnabas. Acts chapter 11. In verse 23, it says, When he, Barnabas, came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all with purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. Number three, Barnabas was an example of intentional verbal encouragement. He continually exhorted and encouraged people to remain faithful. As you read the book of Acts, you see that this is a key ministry of Paul and Barnabas, but especially of Barnabas. Barnabas seems to be constantly urging people to follow the Lord, to be faithful, to overcome. Acts 13.43 says he persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Acts 14.21 and 22, Barnabas was strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in faith. Constantly encouraging and exhorting people. I have several people like this in my life beyond Dr. Batori. There's a missionary in Cambodia named J.D. Crowley, who is one of the reasons why we ended up going to Cambodia ourselves as missionaries. And he was there for us like that in our younger days as missionaries in Cambodia, always encouraging and supporting us and urging us to, to do the work and to stay faithful and to do it, to believe in us. Uh, Dr. Fant here has been one of those people, you know, even at the home office at GFA, always encouraging and strengthening and trying to be helpful. Uh, Dr. Bruce McAllister, too, was like that. 
even as a student at Bob Jones, he was like that. And then later on, getting to know him when he was with GFA, he was like that to me again, many years later, uh, encouraging and strengthening the ministry of intentional verbal encouragement, being purposeful to speak things that encourage. Acts chapter 14 and verse 22, Paul and Barnabas encouraged God's people by reminding them we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. You say, wait a minute, aren't we talking about encouragement? Barnabas was realistic about trials and difficulties in the life of faith. Barnabas did not encourage people by affirming them and what they wanted to do and be. Nor did he encourage people by telling them what they wanted to hear. He encouraged them in the truths of the word of God. True encouragement comes from God and his truth. True encouragement directs us to find hope and comfort in the gospel, in God. Don't be confused into thinking that the ministry of encouragement is merely being positive with people and making them feel safe and affirmed. Authentic, real encouragement may be critical or urge repentance, but it ends in love and hope and joy through Jesus and his truth, what the gospel can do in your life. Acts chapter 11, verse 24 to 26 says, For he, Barnabas, was a good man. Can you imagine the Holy Spirit saying that about you? That's a good woman. That's a good man. For God himself to say that a person is full of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Number four. Barnabas was an example of humility as a team player. He wanted to work with other people. He sought out Paul to come and work with him. He was not a loner. He had to be a humble man to be a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. I wonder how much of his team ministry was because Barnabas was always seeking to build someone up and enable other people to serve the Lord, and he can't do that if he's by himself. Acts 13, verses 1 and 2 tell us about when the Holy Spirit separated Barnabas and Saul out for the work which he had called them to be missionaries to the Gentiles. Now in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who, had brought up, who has been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. They did. They served together as missionaries to the Gentiles. And Barnabas served well alongside a very gifted Saul. He fulfilled his ministry with Paul faithfully, enduring many trials and much persecution. He was even willing to take a back seat and be second man as Saul rose in prominence. Have you ever noticed that in the book of Acts? As you read the book of Acts, it all becomes about who in the end of the book? It's all about Saul or Paul. So 
Barnabas, the older believer, the mentor, the encourager, takes on this new believer, helps disciple him, encourages him, and gets into team ministry with him and works well with him even though this man Saul or Paul is super gifted. Team ministry is a serious challenge to the flesh. Pride, personal preferences, the pressures of daily ministry make for an impossible situation outside of the grace of Christ. And it's even harder when people are cross-cultural missionaries and they have all the extra burdens and cares that they have. Missionaries absolutely must be good men and women filled with the Holy Spirit and faith. Mutual submission to one another, a commitment to love one another, a commitment to lay down preferences. This is a huge encouragement to your co-laborers if you can do this with humility. But how devastating it is when co-workers allowed pride and personal preferences to drive a wedge and create disunity. Barnabas was an example of humility as a team player. He even accepted correction from Paul. In Acts 15, we learn about how the Jews attempted to change the gospel message. And Galatians 2 tells us how initially Barnabas really struggled and was almost led astray by the Judaizers. But then Paul confronted them and Barnabas, and Barnabas received instruction from Paul, accepted correction, and came back to a clear gospel understanding. An example of humility as a team player. Then we have chapter 15, verse 36. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. In other words, we want to go encourage them. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark, but Paul insisted they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. How does Barnabas show his humility here? He graciously parted ways when disagreement could not be overcome. Paul and Barnabas had a sharp disagreement about how to either encourage or discourage John Mark from joining their next missionary journey. Barnabas wanted to give John Mark a second chance and was willing to take a risk and have Mark join them again. But Paul was against this. The Bible doesn't tell us who's wrong. The Bible doesn't tell us sin occurred. But they agreed to follow their consciences and they parted ways and maintained love and fellowship. And they graciously did this, even though the contention was sharp. Barnabas was an example of humility as a team player. And I have one addition to number two that I'm adding at, to point number two that I'm adding after point four. Barnabas was an example of faith and trust in others. John Mark. Barnabas was willing to give John Mark a second chance. Mark's failure must have been significant for Paul to be so determined not to take him. 
whether or not John Mark's being kin to Barnabas, areas of your life, but not others. Barnabas had faith and trust in the power of the gospel and believed that people can grow and change. He was able to trust and believe in people. It is this kind of heart that allows a person to make disciples. Barnabas was intentional and focused on doing what he could to encourage people through the word of God. He was on mission to lovingly urge people to follow Christ and be faithful. He was looking to encourage people. Are you? His life was characterized by humility, which allowed him to work with people in many different situations and to make a difference. Proud people can't do that. They leave, a, they leave a trail of broken relationships with everyone they work with. But humble people heal. They strengthen. They encourage. How about you? If we want to be an encouragement to others, we need to be like Barnabas. Better still, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and faith, as Barnabas was. And it's this kind of heart that allows us to make a difference in the lives of other people. To be sons and daughters of encouragement. And we can't do that but by the grace of God. And Barnabas.